Amen. Amen. For the time that is ours to share together, I want to preach this morning using as a subject, taking God at his word. Can you do me a favor and look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know about you, but today, but I'm going to take God at his word. Give God some praise for that. Ladies and gentlemen, Apple, one of the world's leading tech and manufacturing company, in recent years have transcended how it is that we communicate and interact with one another uh, as, we, as it relates to our iPhone device. The iPhone is equipped with a function uh, that we know now uh, as send me our location sharing. This unique opportunity gives you uh, the ability to track a person no matter where it is that they are. Uh, this, this particular device is encrypted within the system and it manipulates and gives you the ability to show using a GPS tracking uh, component. Uh, it gives you the exact time, the exact location and where they are in real time. But the genius of God is that he is the originator of send me your location and location sharing because of his omniscience, his all-knowingness. He knows where you are, where you've been, and where you're going. He understands where you are physically. He understands where you are emotionally. He understands where you are spiritually. Not only does he know where you are, but he knows what led you there in the first place. So that's why when Moses and the children of Israel came to the Red Sea, he said, Moses, what is it that you have in your hand? He said, I got my rod. He said, all right, throw it on the ground. And the sea opened up and the children of Israel were able to walk over the Red Sea and their enemies were swallowed up behind them because he knew where they were. Not only does he know where you are physically, but he understands where you are spiritually. He, he understands your psychological disposition. That's why when he met the woman at the well with the five husbands, he said, let me give you some water where you'll never have to thirst again because I understand you've been looking for love in all the wrong places. I, I get it. I know that you got an issue, internal issue, and you've been trying to satisfy your need. Let me give you some water. You come and drink for me and you'll never have to thirst again. Uh, not only that, but I got one more case. Uh, Judas, uh, Judas the aristocrat, on that night that he was getting ready to betray, he kissed Jesus, and Jesus said, listen, uh, somebody here is going to betray me. Uh, so G Judas walks up and kisses him on the cheek, and Judas was the main one sitting at the table. Lord, is it me? Uh, uh, Jesus didn't say anything, but Jesus knew uh, because he knew the spirit that Judas had. Uh, can I tell you that you can't hide from God? Uh, he knows where you are at all times. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going to do. He knows how you feel. He knows your financial condition. He knows your family issues. He knows your health issues. He knows everything that it is that you're going through. You can't hide from God because he can identify you in the places that you're trying to hide from other people. God knows uh, what you're stressed out about. Uh, he, he knows what keeps you up at night. He understands the tears that you cry in private. He knows 
what you're going through. And, and in spite of what God knows about you, he still makes a plan and a purpose for you. That, that he looks beyond your faults and see where you are in the middle of your knee and pulls you out of that. Because he knows. So here it is, we find Jonah in a very interesting place. He, he's in the belly of a fish. Uh, it, it's interesting, one of the most interesting things that I ever read. And Jonah gets in the belly of the fish because Jonah chapter 1 tells us that he disobeyed the word of God the first time. Word of the God, Lord came to Jonah and said, Jonah, listen, go to Nineveh and preach. Jonah said, uh, all right, God, I love you, I worship you, I adore you, but I'm not going to Nineveh to preach to these people. No, 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 no. Not these people, because you got to understand that they're destroying uh, the northern kingdom in which that I'm from. No, 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 I, I can't go preach to these people because you don't understand uh, that they make me mad. I can't offer them you because they hurt me. So, so I can't give them you, God, because I know what kind of God you are. I, I, I can't go and preach to them. I, I don't want to preach to these people that dwell in Nineveh. If Jonah was here today, he said, I don't want to go preach to those who, who uh, oppress African-Americans in, in our community. I, I don't want to go preach to those who, who kill little black boys and little black girls uh, uh, and call it uh, in the name of, of whatever it is. I don't want to go preach to these people. I, I don't want to minister to cops who discriminate against black men. I don't want to preach uh, to those who support Donald Trump and practice his practices. I don't want to minister to these people. I don't want to do that. I, I can't preach to these kinds of people, God. Very interesting. Uh, Jonah uh, uh, sounds like the contemporary church. Wow. Contemporary church says, I don't want to minister to lesbian, gays, transgenders, and bisexual, a questioning people. I don't, wanna, I don't want these people to come in our church. I don't want to minister to liars and cheaters and adulterers. I don't want to minister to fornicators and drug addicts and sex addicts. I don't want to minister to alcohol. I don't want to minister to none of these people. God, send us some saved folk that we can minister to. I don't want sinners in the church no more. Well, let's recycle members and, and bring saved folk from other places and let's preach to them. And, and let's keep our God with inside the four. That's what I want to do. Jonah, Jonah sounds like the contemporary church. Who picking and choosing who it is that they want to distribute the gospel of Jesus Christ to. Uh, Jonah says, I, I really don't want to minister to the people in Nineveh uh, 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 because I can't stand them uh, because of what they've done to me. Uh, uh, and God, I can't minister to them because I know that if they, become a, if they come and repent, that you'll change your mind about them if they change their heart about you. I don't, I don't want to preach because, God, you're, you're slow to anger. You're, you're all loving. Your nature is too gracious. I can't go and give them you. God, because they don't deserve you. 
not the people in Nineveh. I, I, I can't go to Nineveh. So Jonah says, listen, I ain't going to Nineveh and catches a boat in Joppa headed to Tarshish. He said, listen, I ain't going to preach to the Ninevites, but maybe I'll go holler at the people in Tarshish. He said, anywhere but there. Nineveh's on the way of the side, on the east, and, and, and Tarshish is on the way. He said, no, I'm going far as, far as the east is from the west. I'm not going to Nineveh. So while uh, Jonah hops on this boat, uh, a great storm comes. Uh, uh, the storm is so great that even when the people uh, was in the storm, they said, what's going on? In, in, in this, this, this chaotic mess. What's, what's going on? Uh, so they start calling out their gods, and their gods wasn't answering. So they said, hey, buddy Jonah, uh, uh, you got to wake up. Uh, we, we, we understand uh, that you paid your fare. We get all of that, but you got to wake up. You, you, you got to get up, Jonah, because there's a storm out, and we need you to call on your God. Jonah said, all right. I kind of been uh, holding back some information from y'all. What y'all don't know uh, is that I'm a Hebrew and I serve the true and living God. And, and the reason uh, why there's so much chaos, the reason why this storm is so great is because I'm trying to run from the presence of my God. I, I'm trying to escape the presence of God. And so I tried to leave God on the shore, but somehow he found us out here on the sea and caused this great storm. Uh, they said, all right, Jonah, uh, we're going to get you back uh, to shore. So the Bible says as they tried to get him back, the storm grew worse. Uh, 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 the storm grew worse uh, because God wasn't going to allow the sailors to miss their opportunity and, uh, because of Jonah's disobedience. Can I tell you that sometimes obedience is better than sacrifice? But what happens in the text is that uh, the sailors uh, get saved. So Jonah said, all right, listen, uh, to get rid of this storm and y'all get to Tarshish, throw me overboard. Y'all know the story, but can I, can I preach to you that there's some people in your life that you just got to throw overboard. There's some relationship that you got to throw overboard. There's some friendship that you got to throw overboard. There's some neighbors that you got to throw overboard. There's some opportunities that you got to throw overboard. There's some people that you just got to throw the whole man away. I wish I had some millennials in. There's some stuff that you got just got to throw. You got to throw them overboard. So they threw Jonah overboard and the storm ceased. Huh. And, and at the same time they threw Jonah overboard, uh, divinely a great fish comes and swallows Jonah. Y'all know the story. And Jonah now finds himself in a very interesting place. Uh, uh, Jonah is in a situation where he should be dead, uh, but somehow God caused a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Got a problem with this text because Jonah didn't care about being thrown overboard. Uh, Jonah said, uh, I, I, I don't want to go to Nineveh so much that I'd rather die then go and fulfill the, the destiny and the assignment that you called me to do. 
shown us in a, in a very crazy mental place. So, so they throw Jonah overboard and God says, listen, Jonah, I put too much in you to let you die in the sea. And maybe that's your testimony here today that you came in here like Jonah. You said, I woke up early in the morning because I've been trying to run from God and somehow you ended up here. I came to announce to you that we're now entering into the belly of the fish. I don't know where you are, Jonah, but, but we're in the belly of the fish. And can't you see the belly of the fish? There's seaweed and all kinds of stuff inside the belly of the fish. And when Jonah was swallowed up by the fish, that word in the Hebrew is dog, which means that he's swallowed up in the belly of the fish. But when it goes to the belly of the fish, it becomes dog, which is the womb. So, so the place where Jonah was swallowed up now conceals him and keeps him from the outside element. You, now you got to see Jonah because Jonah is in the belly of the fish buried underneath water. Uh, he, he's essentially in an underwater grave. He, he's in a no way out kind of situation that if he tries to get out, he'll drown. So Jonah has to spend time now in this belly of the fish. I, I, I want to call that passive in his divine creative chaos. Uh, it's divine because God caused it. It's creative because Jonah has no way out. And it's chaotic because water is seen as a side of chaos. So Jonah is literally entrapped around chaos, but he's not consumed. Can I preach to somebody here that you've been running from God and you've been trapped around chaos, but God didn't kill you. you you've been trapped around chaos, but God didn't take you out. Some, there's something inside of you that God needs to say, I can't let you go there. I have to consume you in chaos in order for you to understand where it is that you are. Not, not, not necessarily understanding where your location is, but understanding where you are spiritually. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that when, when you do a spiritual checkup, you'll see that you've been so far away from me, but yet so close. Yes, wow. that, that you've been coming to church, but you haven't been living near the cross. That, that, that you've been coming to church and going through religion and clapping your hands and shouting, but your life has been in shambles. You, 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 you've, been, you've been coming to church uh, ushering and, and preaching and, and playing the piano and sitting in the pews and giving your money and running the media, but your life is jacked up. And, and when you look at, at your life compared to how it is when you first got saved, you realize that I'm out of the alignment and where God wants me to be. Huh. Because I got a love for God. But, 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 but the way that my mind is set up, I, I can't get over some stuff that keeps me away from God. So Jonah's in a crazy mental place. So he's in the belly of the fish and he says, all right, on the first day, I don't know. I don't know the sequential order of how this all went down. Can't tell you what he did first, but I see three things that Jonas does. While Jonas in the belly of the fish, he begins to pray. Jonah, Jonah prays a prayer 
of thanksgiving. God, I thank you essentially for being God. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for keeping me. I thank you for bringing me. He goes through this prayer, and, and while Jonah is praying, he then offers up, um, um, uh, scholars argue this, he then tells God that he's sorry. If you read it too fast, it'll look like Jonah said, I repent. But Jonah did not repent because his heart didn't change, his mind did. <laughs> that Jonah's heart was the same, but he changed his mind about the assignment that God gave him. So, so his mind said, God, I'll do it. But his heart was still resistant. So he tells God, listen. I'm sorry. So, so God says, okay, cool. So Jonah gives God praise in the belly of the fish. Y'all with me? Uh, so so that he gives him praise in the belly of the fish. And, and so he, he, he says, I'm sorry. He gives a prayer of thanksgiving and then he gives God praise. I don't know if he did this the whole three days. I don't, I don't know what that is, but I know that verse number, verse number nine says in chapter number two that Jonah was vomited out onto dry land. I, I, I don't know uh, what happened within those three days, but I do know that Jonah got vomited out onto dry land. All right, bring up uh, chapter number three, please, so I can see that. He, he says, all right, listen, I'm on to now dry land. It's a very interesting place uh, because Jonah, the Bible says that it takes three days to get to Nineveh. God, it, it takes three days to get to Nineveh and the Bible says, your Bible, our Bible says that Jonah gets there on the first day's journey. Uh, about to give you your shouting point right now. It takes three days to get to Nineveh. Jonah's in the belly of the fish for three days. When he gets onto dry land, he enters the city on the first day. All right, you still ain't got it. Essentially what happens is that while Jonah is being disobedient, God commissions the fish because he know where Jonah is. He know where he's at to push him closer to where he's supposed to be in spite of what he said that he wasn't gonna do. In spite of him being disobedient, in spite of him doing what he did, God still had a plan and a purpose for the fish that once he got closer to Nineveh, he knew what Jonah was gonna do. And so he delivered him onto dry land. Bible says that he enters the city on the first day's walk. And the Bible, uh, back to chapter 3, verse 1, and the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Says Jonah, Jonah, get to Nineveh and go preach the word that I tell you to preach. You, you go and preach to these people that you don't want to go preach to. You, you go and talk to these people that you don't want to go talk to. You go and tell them about me because there's something about me that they need and I need you to get your behind to Nineveh. God. If I was in the shower, I probably would have preached this a little different. Uh, but so I need you to get there to Nineveh. Need you to get there because I got some people waiting on what you have to offer. Uh, 
can I preach to you that, that when you're disobedient, that you cause other people to miss out on what God has to offer? Wow. That, that, that when you don't follow the plan that God has for your life, people miss out on the opportunity because you are disobedient. Do you know how many people miss their blessing because of you? Do, do, do you know how many people could have been delivered, but they wasn't because of you? Do, do you know how many people who could have got healed at your job, but you wouldn't pray because of you? Because disobedience causes you to miss blessings. Uh, sin causes blessings to be blocked. And so there's a, a great city of people waiting on Jonah. And Jonah did not want to go. Reason why Jonah ain't want to go because when he started preaching, they started to change their heart about God. Unlike Jonah, the same people that he preached to had a heart change while his heart was still the same. So he was giving the message of God. He was giving what God had to say, but it wasn't from his heart. Huh. But, but even though it wasn't from his heart, God was still able to use the information to get the people back into repentance. Now, 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 what's very interesting about this is that uh, it takes three days to get to Denver. Jonah enters the city on the first day's walk. But, but the other clause to that is that Jonah left uh, and being in Nineveh after one day. That, that to see the whole city of Nineveh, it takes three days to get through. Jonah says, uh, on the first day, I'm gone. Because the response that was happening, that was uh, what Jonah knew was going to happen in his heart the whole time. Which further proves to us that Jonah's heart didn't change. But the people's heart changed. They started to get their blessing. They started to repent. But the person who had the message was still jacked up and tore up from the floor up was still way away from God, but the people got the message. How tragic is it that we come to church and we have the message and it doesn't change our lives, but it changes the people's lives that's around us, but we still come to church the same way and talk about the people that we minister to because our heart hasn't changed, but we followed the mind and what we knew about God, but it wasn't in our heart. Wow, what an amazing time it is for the church to do evangelism. But, but, but our heart isn't right to do it. So, so, so instead, we invite people to church instead of inviting them to Christ. We, we say, come to my church, but, but, but what if they die on the way home and you didn't invite them to your Christ? Because we rather do stuff from our mind and our logic, but not from our heart. Woe is the church that uses their mind. 
that, that, that we get to the place that we say, okay, come to our church. That, that's not evangelism. Evangelism is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's evangelism. When you come to church, all the preachers should have to do is really share the gospel and reiterate what you already told them. And that conviction should come and they'll come down the aisle. Why do they got to come to church to get the gospel? Don't you know that that church doesn't happen until you get here? You're the church. You're the church. That when you go to your job, it's, 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 it's New Mission Baptist Church. Multi-site location. That, that when you go to the grocery store, it's New Mission Baptist Church at Kroger. It's New Mission Baptist Church at CVS. It's New Mission Baptist Church at, at UC Hospital. It's New Mission Baptist Church wherever you go. It's a church in every location because you are the church. That's who you are. And the enemy uh, sometimes uses your heart against you to play tricks on your mind. That when your heart is out of whack, your mind and your heart can't align. Because your mind will change quicker than your heart will. Your, your heart uh, uh, develops thought from, from deep conviction. That, that, that you're convicted within your heart. You're hurt within your heart. And so you make choices out of your heart. That causes unnecessary problems to other people's lives. This is what Jonah is. He's in a strange condition because he has a heart issue. He's toe up from the floor up. But in spite of that, people still get saved. People still get delivered. But the tragedy is that Jonah was messed up. Yes, that Jonah was short-lived. Yes, Don't you know this story could have been a lot different if Jonah changed his heart? I, I don't want you to be like Jonah today. I, I don't want you to be like Jonah today. I want you to repent. I know we don't talk about repentance in church anymore. I know that repentance is a lost form, but you can come to church every Sunday and still be full of all of you know what and have not unrepented heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that essentially you, you come in uh, wounded, weary, and sad. And you leave weary, wounded, and sad. That, that you come in broken and you leave broken. You come in to spectate and not come in with expectation. This is the season. It's very critical uh, that we repent. That we turn from our ways. Because our heart and our mind sometimes does not align and causes us to make choices out of hurt that leads us to the path of destruction. But God calls us now into this season to repent. That it's time for you to come out of the sin that you've been in. It's time for us to come out of the, the places that we've gone to. It's time for us to reposition ourselves in another light so that God can get the glory out of our lives. But, but, but we block our blessings because we refuse to repent. 
And so God's grace and mercy is good and his mercies is new every morning, but we're missing blessing. Because our heart condition is jacked up. I, I, I don't want you to be like Job. And so, so I, I invite you today to pray for repentance. That you would ask God to, to change your heart. That you would ask God to change your mind. That you would ask God to, to renew the right spirit in you. That you, would, that you would really come to him asking him what must you really do to get into right relationship with him. Because you can come to church and still be broken up with, with Jesus. That, that, that he has you, but you don't have him. So, 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 so I, I, I want to invite you to repent. I want to invite you to repent. I, if, if, you, if you're under the sound of my voice and you need to repent, I, I urge you to do it right now. I urge you to do that right now. Huh. But, but before you enter into that, I want you just to thank God for his grace and his mercy. No, you ain't, you ain't thanking him right. Because if you know like I know what I've done to get to where I've been at, it was nobody but his grace and his mercy that brought me through. It was his grace and his mercy that woke me up. It was his grace and his mercy that started me on, his, on my way. It was his grace and mercy. The reason why I'm here today, it was his grace and his mercy that brought me through. It's not because I've been so perfect. It's not because I've been so right. It's because his grace and his mercy. So, so you got to be like Jonah. Jonah had one thing right. He gave God a prayer of thanksgiving. God, I thank you for being God by yourself. That, that you look through the lenses of omniscience and, and you got to where I was before I got there and kept me from danger seen and unseen. God, I thank you for being God. Yes. Then, then Jonah, I don't want you to be like Jonah. I want you to repent. Whatever you do, don't tell God you're sorry. Don't, don't you tell God that you're sorry because when you're sorry, you'll do it again. Repentance causes you to change your behavior. Jonah's behavior didn't change because when the word came to God the second time, he went on the first day and left. His heart didn't change. Repentance. Then Jonah gave God praise. Now, now, now prayer of thanksgiving, repentance, and praise is the recipe for deliverance. The reason why you, you haven't been delivered yes, is because you haven't repented. Yes, huh. yes, that, that's, the, that's the problem. The reason why you're still going through that situation is because you haven't repented. Yes, so, so God said, I can't change the situation until you change your heart. Yes, sir. I, I, I can't fix the problem until your heart changes. Yes, that, that's where we are today. We, we need a heart transplant. We, we need a heart transplant. Because while it is that we're excited that, that Jesus died and that he rose, we miss the message because we don't live out what happens after the resurrection. 
we, we're, we're excited that he died and he got up, but then when he got up 40 days later, he dropped the Holy Ghost on us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's where we get our power from. Yes, That's where we get our deliverance. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that makes you live a life according to the person that died, that, that counsels you and corrects you, that talks to you and that ministers to you. We got to have access to that power. Within that power. Yes. So while we shout, while we say, oh, he died and oh, he got up, what happens next? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He left us something. Yes, he deposited something in us. Yes, when, we, when, we, when we gave our lives, when we gave our hearts to him, he gave us the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes. And a lot of us don't access the power yes. because our heart. Ain't right. Uh -huh. That's how you get access to the power. Yes, from a change of heart. Uh -huh. And so we have to learn how to take God at his word. Yes, his word says that you're the lender and not the borrower. His word says that you're above and not beneath. His word says that, that he'll be with you always, even until the ends of the world. His word got a lot of promises in there. And we got to learn how to take God at his word. His word says, I'll never leave you, not forsake His word says, by his stripes, we are healed. His word says, he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. His word says. His word has, has power. And we got to activate the power with the word and the Holy Spirit because that's where our help is. We try to look to the government for help. You don't need the government for no help. You got the power. They should come to you. You ain't got to go to them. We got the power. We're the salt of the earth. That's what the word says. So we have to live a, a life yes. that is led and governed by the word of God. Yes. That it's time for us to live a, a, a life that's, that's led by the Holy Spirit and governed by his word. That's it. That's where we are. So, so we have to learn how to take God at his word. Because it's easy for us to shout about uh, materialistic things. But it's, but it's hard for us to think about when Jesus was dying on the cross and how God allowed Jesus to experience the wrath that we were supposed to experience. That, that, that when he withdrew his mercy from God and allow sin to rest on him and allow him to experience all the pain. That's why he was forsaken. That's why he was thirsty. He was out of God's mercy. And I don't want you today. I don't want you today. I don't want you to be out of God's mercy. God didn't wake you up this morning for, for you to be out of line with him. But he wants to be in partnership with you while he leads the way. He, he wants to use you. He wants you to touch lives. He wants you to, he wants you to go and do those greater miracles that, that he said that you would do. He wants you to do that. 
but, but you got to live according to the word. We got to live according to the word. Uh, because we all fall short of the glory of God. We all have sinned and come short of the glory. Uh, but, but the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. He died for my sin. He died so that I wouldn't have to die in my sin. And he got up for that. But he left me something. Tell your neighbor he left me something. He left me the power of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. Thank you God for the Holy Spirit. Because that's our power. That's our source. God, how we thank you today. We thank you for your power. We thank you that, that, while, you, that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. We thank you that, that you took the cat of nine tails for us. We thank you that you bled out for us. We, we thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. We thank you for that. We, we thank you that you went to go take the sting out of death. We, we thank you for that. We thank you for our eternal home. We thank you for that. But God, we thank you because you got up. That when you got up, you got access to all power. But God, we thank you that when you left, you distributed the power that you had unto us. That, that gives us power to walk right. We thank you for power to talk right. We thank you for power to live right. We thank you for power to walk right. God, we thank you for that power. God, turn our hearts back to you. Uh, you know, if, if, if God, if we would really turn from our ways and turn our hearts back to you, our land will be healed. So God, help us, help us today, help us today, help us today, please help us today to turn our hearts back to you. Remove the calluses. Make our hearts sensitive to your will again. God, allow us to experience you in a way that we never experienced you before. Use us, God. Allow us to go to our Nineveh. And be there, be able to dwell for three days and preach. Let our chapter four be different from Jonah's. Don't allow us to be underneath that tree, uh, uh, saying that we that you that we wish that you would have took our lives from us. Don't allow us to have a chapter four like Jonah. But God, rewrite our chapter four. Allow our chapter four to be that we sat down with great people, that we sat down with the, the LGBT community, that we sat down with the Muslims, that we sat down with the Jews, that we sat down with the brokenhearted and oppressed, that we sat down with the, 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 those that are marginalized, that we sat down with the people, that we didn't come in and go through emotionalism, that we came in and got what we needed and took it back out to the people. Let that be our, let that be our testimony. God, rewrite our chapter four. Yes. Rewrite our chapter four, God. Yes. Change our hearts before we get there. We'll be so careful to give you the glory. Thank you, God. We'll be so careful to give you the glory. Thank you, God. The honor and the praise. If you're like Jonah, give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. 
Come on, give God some. I want you to think back and begin to thank. Give